The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition with Gary Ray. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is January 17, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. This morning, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, U.S. Army retired. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Gary. And as always, it's great to be with you. All right. I appreciate that. Bill, what did you think about last week's show? Well, Debbie Lee, with the founder of the Gold Star Mothers for America, was just simply outstanding. Yeah, you know, it's hard to imagine losing a child, um, and uh, uh, she just moved forward and, and uh, does some very good programs as far their mission actually is to honor and the sacrifices of our troops, the fallen, and their families by providing programs that improve quality of life, resiliency, and recovery. If you missed the live show, be sure to listen to the archive show on the AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Now, Bill, you always have some uh, pretty good news for us. Us. Yes, Gary, and this morning uh, I, I think we've got a couple of stories that we're going to cover very briefly here that's good. Uh, first, the, the Veterans Choice Program. I'm sure most of our uh, listening audience is familiar with this. Uh, uh, Senator John McCain uh, from Arizona and uh, uh, Representative uh, Phil Rowe uh, from Tennessee, who is the new and incoming chair of the House Veterans Affairs Committee uh, uh, has uh, come together with some legislation here to uh, uh, not allow the um, the choice program to expire as it is due to in um, this coming August. And Gary, as you're probably uh, aware, the, ch- the choice program uh, started out with uh, 10 million bucks to help our uh, veterans uh, to uh, be able to get quicker access to health care. It allows veterans to receive health care from private doctors when they can't get a timely appointment at the VA facility or if they live more than 40 miles uh, uh, from a a, a, uh, VA health facility. So... This program right now currently, uh, which became an act of Congress in 2014, uh, $10 billion, as I mentioned, and it's down to about $1 billion that's remaining. So by August of uh, this coming year, uh, the hope and expectation is that this program will get through successfully and it uh, will be... uh, uh, available to us on a continuous basis. And I'm sure uh, many of our uh, veterans uh, who've had long waits at the VA uh, will appreciate this program continuing. And, uh, Gary, as you and I have discussed, even with the Choice Program, uh, there's been some some, uh, unexpected delays. But at least there is some hope there that it's going to uh, stay with us uh, with this uh, uh, proposed bill to c- continue it. Yeah, they, they were going to have me wait uh, 10 months. Uh, <laughs> so I well, guess I beat the 30 days. <laughs> yeah, well, that's not good. Hopefully uh, uh, that won't become a factor. And Gary, the other story, uh, which is a good story here for our honorably discharged veterans 
the uh, the uh, the defense exchange program. You know, uh, back in the day, we made re- re- uh, connected with them, calling them the PXs. Well, they're the the exchange system, and uh, I guess this is a gift for us on Veterans Day this coming year. Um, uh, uh, all honorably discharged veterans will have access to the online shopping program. Right. And uh, I think this is going to be great. And it, it, it makes sense uh, because, you know, many of these exchanges being on military installations may not be accessible to everyone, so you will be uh, uh, able to, uh, to access online. It's important because... You know, many of our, uh, our veterans now who are either in active or reserve components, retirees, or 100% disabled veterans from uh, service-connected in, in, in injuries or illness are, or Medal, Medal of Honor recipients have access. So this is widening the accessibility for our men and women who've served this great country to be able to have access to shopping online. And, Gary, as you know, this is the way to go. Uh, Online shopping is opposed to going to the malls. Definitely. Does this mean food also? Well, once you get the... Well, I don't know about food now. I guess Uh if it's something, whatever that's available, it's online now. It's online for those honorably discharged veterans. Well, maybe they can go online and check it out before it happens. Uh, oh, a- a- absolutely! If there are food items there, I you know when you when you mentioned food, I thought you were talking about one of those uh, uh, restaurants that I've seen in some of the atriums. That's uh-huh. uh, nice and delicious. I don't know about that, but if there's something there that they offer in a uh, food line product that uh, you can order. I suspect that you'd be able to submit your order and uh, and receive it. All right. All right. You always seem to come up with some good articles there, Bill. Well, the, the, these are positive ones today. We <laughs> hope uh, our, our listening uh, audience will appreciate them. That's right. Well, Bill, you do have the pleasure of introducing our guest, Al, from Networking Warriors of America. Well, Gary, we're honored to have with us uh, United States Army retired Lieutenant Colonel Alphonse R. Talese, uh, who is the founder and current president and chief executive officer of Networking Warriors of America. The organization was founded to serve a specific niche for our wounded military service members ending their military service due to an injury, illness, and or a disease incurred in the line of duty. Now, Attorney Colonel Talese is a graduate from Western Kentucky University where he earned a Bachelor of Arts degree in art education, and he's also a graduate of the, uh, uh, the uh, ROTC program where he was commissioned uh, in the U.S. Army in 1976 and upon graduation, he entered the active service in the United States Army. Uh, Colonel Talese has had a very unique and rewarding career serving both the United States military for over 32 years, simultaneously having a very lucrative and successful civilian career in new business development. During his tenure in the military. Uh, Colonel Talese served both on active duty and in the active reserves, being mobilized and deployed on numerous occasions to serve the country, most recently to serve in uh, combat operations in Operation uh, Iraqi Freedom in 2004, where he sustained injuries during a combat mission. Colonel Talese, welcome to the American Heroes Network. Welcome, sir. Well, gentlemen, thank you for having me. It's an honor and a pleasure to be with you this morning. Great. 
Well, Al, let, let's start off with a question I always like asking. What, tell us the deciding factor that led you to start the Networking Warriors of America. Deciding factor. Oh. Aside from the fact that when I got injured, I went, to, uh, went back to Fort Hood, and I was told uh, that my injuries were sufficient enough that I was going to have to be medically uh, retired and discharged from the military, and I went through a med board process. And back in that time period, it was, it was a terrible process. I'm sure that you can relate and remember all the things that happened at uh, Walter Reed, soldiers not being taken care of, um, and things of that nature. Well, it was no different down at Fort Hood. And um, so going through the process, um, quite honestly, I was being brought up on charges uh, for abusing the regulations and abusing the program that was in place at the time. And uh, with that, I sat with a hospital commander, and uh, she and I sat there, and I had a 15-page issue paper that detailed everything that I did, what they did, and so there basically wasn't any finger-pointing. And it it actually turned into an Article 32 investigation against the, the unit at that time, which was, they weren't called the Warrior Transition Units, they were called the MRPU, and I forgot what MRPU stands for, it's been so long. But with that, at the conclusion of my meeting with the uh, hospital commander, she basically told me and said, Colonel, I want you to continue doing what you're doing. And with that, I want you to teach and train everybody that follows you. So I was doing something right. I was reading the regulations. I was using the regulations in order for me to get my health care and to get it done properly. Because if you've heard all the war stories, they, they push people through the program Mm-hmm. Um, it's a whirlwind process. If you've ever been through it, it it's it's very frustrating. Oh, um, but the regulations are in place for a reason, and they are for service members to use them, to read them, and abuse them. And that's exactly what the hospital commander told me. Wow. Uh, so with that, when I left her office, I started to write down how can I take what she just told me to do and implement this. So as I navigated myself through the med board process, I kept taking notes and I kept uh, tabbing all the references that I was using. And I was very successful uh, going through the med board process myself. And for several of the soldiers that were there with me, uh, we, we used the system to get the benefits that we were, were needing. And when I left the military, I was uh, 100% disabled, both with the military and also with VA. Um, and it was very, very streamlined. It was very, very easy for make the transition from the military over to VA uh, and get my ratings and everything. It was, it was, if you will, a piece of cake just by following the regulations and doing the things that uh, are laid out to do. And that's right. what I do now. Uh, when I work with our service members, I talked to him about uh, the, the old soldier's book and that you have, to, you have to do what is laid out for you. If you do not do your new job, because when you go through a med board process and you're injured, whether it be uh, in the military, they call it the Integrated Disability Evaluation System now. But if you're on active duty, you're going through a med board. If you're a reservist and you're hurt, you're going through incapacitation pay. The regulations and the, and the outline is the same. Uh, your primary mission is no longer uh, preparing for war. It's getting well. And that's what I try to instill on everybody that I work with is that that's what you have to do. You have to follow the regulations to the letter, and everything right. will work out fine. Right. Again, that's all documentation. And that's, it that's, is. That's the... Uh, the best part about it. All right. We're going to go ahead and take a break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at americanheroesnetwork.com. By providing a unique blend of information and advocacy, we are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on American Heroes network.com and syndicated on iTunes. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Al, founder, president, CEO for the Networking Warriors of America. And, Bill, you had a question? Well, it's a comment and a question, uh, Gary. And, uh, Al, as you've described, uh, I mean, so uh, compactly, shall I say, with all of the information with these medical boards when you're leaving active duty uh, and also uh, transitioning into a veteran status and having to deal with with the uh, the uh, U.S. Department of uh, Veterans Affairs, it can be a uh, a challenge, especially if you don't understand the process. Uh, after eight and a half years of going through this process, uh, I came out with two words that I think is very important. That's patience and perseverance. Now, as you know, from the VA side, and I, and I think this is what you've described also, this is the case. The VA says it's the veteran's responsibility in proving that. And, you know, and you listen to that and you say, proving my case, and they talk about the, uh, the documents and the records and this kind of stuff. And when you're on active duty, from my recollection, and I served during uh, the uh, Vietnam era, uh, boots on the ground. Uh, you know, uh, I, I went in and, and, and I, I was seen by, by doctors on various occasions, but they never paid any attention to that because uh, being uh, in my youthful thinking then that I was okay and everything was going to be all right. As it turns out down the line, it's a different story. But that becomes so important. For an example, a person who comes from active duty and they're suffering, they've got a sleep disorder, let's say, sleep apnea, and you you go into the VA and they say, well, where's your documentation? Where's your medical records as far as uh, 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 sleep apnea is concerned? He says, records? You know, uh, uh, nobody said anything to me about records. So this is so important. And I think there's a portion on your website where you talk about doing your part, speaking to the veteran uh, or the person that's affected uh, uh, of how important that is, and to getting us to convert our mind in thinking it is that, that we do have a responsibility, and if you don't think that is important, the results at the end can be less than what you've expected. Would you agree? That's totally true. Um, in every uh, instance, the service member, veteran, does have to prove their case. Um, it's not like getting up in the morning and, and going to sick call and walking in, but that sick call slip is the beginning of your documentation. 
But I like you. I, I went into the military in 76, and I was never, um, it was never enforced and, and or reinforced, you know, make sure that your medical records are up to date and everything. But we had to carry those with us everywhere we went. So the medical records from the time that you entered the military service are important documents for you to keep and, and maintain, and you keep two copies. One is your official one, as you know, and then one is your personal one that you carry along with you in case the military happens to lose something. But then, but then again, you know, when you get um, far along in your military career or, or you just get hurt, you fall off a truck or something like that and you break your leg, and I've, I've known people that have done that, uh, or if you're out... Um, riding a motorcycle and you get into a motorcycle accident, all of those situations, based on the investigation, those all can be service-connected. And all of that information is is important and vital to, you know, down the road where you start having major problems with your your back or whatever it may be. That's all your proof source. And all of that can be obtained. Um, But... The thing that I stress to everybody is the responsibility is the individual service members, and it's outlined in my, on my website, and I'm, I'm sitting here looking at my website right now, and it starts with the, the law, common law, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, 37 U.S.C., uh, the um, United States Code 37, paragraph 204 and 206. That's the basis for any medical issue that a service person encounters. And, it's, and it pretty much says, this is what the service member is responsible for. This is how they're supposed to be treated. And, oh, by the way, service member, this is what you have to do. But we're never taught those things. And that's where I come into play. Um, when I work with a service member, if, if I'm brought in, uh, early enough in their case, I go over all of those things. I talk to them about the common law and then the DOD documents that are out there and then the military regulations, whether it's Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard. Uh, there is a template. This is what the military is supposed to do. This is what the service member is supposed to do. And the service member, if they don't do what they are supposed to do, providing documentation, staying on top of it, um, maintaining a soldier book for their care. I mean, they're not going to get the type of care that they are entitled to. So, well, you know, you mentioned something uh, when we started uh, this segment, and you, it's some, some something is common to all of us: sick call and uh, what happens and where this documentation started from. We give you a quick story. Uh, and again, it's uh, how it becomes our responsibility uh, as serving. I, 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 I know a person who uh, served in Vietnam, was in the Navy, on a ship in the Gulf of Tonkin, and they were out uh, on, uh, on an operation, and uh, suddenly a Navy aircraft goes, all, goes down in the Gulf. The, uh, the uh, pilot is killed. Uh, uh, from the uh, impact in the water, uh, this particular individual and three or four of his other buddies, they go into the water uh, to try to save what uh, they thought was uh, going to be successful, which amounted to be un- un- unsuccessful. This, we're not talking about uh, uh, about 1969. Uh, he began to have problems. Uh, you know, uh, real severe problems with service uh, 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 connection of uh, uh, post-traumatic stress. And he goes in into the VA and they says, well, you know, it would be nice to have those records of where you went on sick call and what happened on that particular day. And the guy says, I don't have them. Uh, can, can you help me out? And the VA says, okay, we will. They went to search and they came back. And I just have to tell you, in my opinion, from what I've, I've observed, the VA can be very lazy when it comes <laughs> to being able to find something for you. So they said, we've searched and we've searched and we can't find anything uh, 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 that occurred on that particular day with that shit and that aircraft that you're talking about. Well, sick call, as you know, and even in, in 
in the army, you know, it's the morning report that's done in the orderly room by the first sergeant. All of those records are preserved. And it is because those records were preserved, I was able to uh, uh, inform this individual that you need to go to a certain location where these records are, are archived. Lo and behold, Al, they found the ship, the aircraft, the manifest for that particular day, for that particular incident. And I think that is how important those documents can be in you pursuing a case for your service-connected disabilities. You are so true. Um, and it, it's not an easy task. I mean, there's so, so many places that you have to go uh, during your inquiry to get that information that a lot of people will just give up. They'll throw their hands up and say, ah, oh, it's too much work, and no, I don't want to do it, and, which is unfortunate. But you're right. You have to go to that much detail. Um, and still, you still have to fill in the gaps uh, where certain information is not there. But the, I'm glad that your your colleague did that and is now getting care for um, his traumatic injuries. So, yeah, and you know, uh, again, as you mentioned, when you surrender, and I think that's what you meant by putting your hands up, you play right into the hands of the uh, of the VA because uh, if you didn't bring it and they tell you you can't find it, then that that's a way to uh, you know to to turn you down. I mean, and again, with I've seen instances with. Uh, post-traumatic stress, and uh, when you go in and you don't have the records or information to establish what you're talking about, they'll listen to you. And this can happen in what you uh, know is a, uh, uh, when you go in for the, uh, the uh, visit there uh, for the uh, compensation and pension examination. They'll ask you these questions, and maybe you have the records. And you talk, well, gee, I've got this problem. I think I've got post-traumatic stress. And they t- tell you, well, look, you know, what, what we think you have is a service, uh, a, 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 a disorder, you know, personality disorder, and that is a pre-existing condition, so therefore you don't have uh, post-traumatic stress. However, on the other hand, I discovered if you go into a, uh, uh, a a compensation and pension board and you tell the person when they ask about your condition, you begin to describe and you say, "Oh well, gee, I was under fire. I had a uh, I have a uh, um, combat infantryman's badge." You don't find this written, but it says, "Well." That ends up providing you with thirty percent as a result of, of of receiving that particular uh, recognition for your service. So it's those nuances and things like that. And I, I I'm on your website right now, and I think that the information that you provide and your involvement is just a tremendous assistance to our men and women who really need it. Oh, well, thank true. you. It. Uh, I try to keep it as updated as possible. Um, and if people go out to my website, that's networkingwarriors.org or Networking Warriors of America, um, you'll find it. And if they just follow the information that's in there and they pull up the regulations, um, they'll have so much information uh, for them to continue working that um, they'll be happy with the results. Uh, now, when I do my updates... Um, you know, there's a lot of policies and procedures that keep coming out, and you know, everybody likes to write a new book and stuff like that. But it's the it's the law, it's the DOD directives, and it's the base document, the the military regulations that govern the medical programs. Um, they cannot supersede those, but you know, they can put a lot of verbiage out there. Um, I hate to say this, but a lot of people like to hear themselves talk, so they'll go out there and they'll write a policy that goes around and around in circles just so they can check the box and say, I just wrote a policy. But it doesn't do it. doesn't change anything. Um, so you mentioned something um, 
in regards to combat infantry badge and, a, and an, in, an individual uh, being able to change the way that they were treated at the VA. Um, and I agree. I mean, there's, there's ways when you confront uh, the VA and you deal with the VA for your first time. Um, but I always find that if your general appearance when you walk in, um, if you have your facts together, um, if you have your documentation together, it will change the way that you are perceived by that medical examiner there. Um, and uh, it's interesting to see. It's, it's kind of like a toss of a coin uh, when you walk in. You know, a person walks in with a T-shirt and a pair of jeans, going to be treated differently than a person that walks in with a pair of slacks and a dress shirt. I don't know why so, that is, so but that's true. just the way it is. So so true, and uh, we can talk, probably talk about that uh, a little bit later and, uh, uh, after our break, I guess. Okay. So, I'm sitting here looking at my website. I was looking for something in here. So, um, you know, when, when Gary first asked me about coming onto the show... I have to separate myself a little bit because my primary focus is to work with our, our men and women that are in the service that are starting to go through a med board, that they've been told um, that their services uh, are not going to be required any, any longer due to a, an injury, illness, or sickness. Um, a lot of times, which kind of makes me... Uh, a, upset is I come in at the last minute. Um, they've already done their med board packet. They've, that it's been passed forward for review, and then it comes back, and then you, they look at their packet, and they look at their rating, and, and they sit there and go, well, this is incomplete. And then when I start talking to them, I said, well, did you do this? Did you do this? Did you do this? And nine times out of ten, the answer is No. I said, so why are you expecting a different outcome? And it is it just makes me upset when 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 I get to that point with somebody because when a person is first brought into a, to a unit for a, a warrior transition unit, they're given a packet of information and it has five regulations in there that they need to become familiar with. And our younger guys, unfortunately, do not take the time to read those things. They just basically say, okay, I can go out and go party, and I can go out and do all these other things instead of sitting back and doing my homework and, and checking all the boxes that are required so I can make sure that I get taken care of, that I can make a transition, that I can take care of my family when I get out. And I, I, I hear that a lot. And the cases that I take on, I'm probably, my uh, ratio is probably about 50% where I'm effective, where I can help them re, get re, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where their med board packet is reviewed again, and then their documentation that they have provided in there for additional review enhances and increases their benefits. That can get them up right. to 100%, but it, it will take them to where they need to be because right. for some reason, documents are not included. And then when you include those documents, they sit there and go, oh, now we have a complete packet. All right. Well, gentlemen, it is time for a break. In fact, we were a little bit late, but no problem. This is very, very interesting, and we want to make sure we don't want to miss anything. The Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel has a call to action going on right now. It's called Donate $22 or Any Amount You Can Today Campaign. With the help from those special people who care, the future television broadcast and production studio can become a reality. Go to the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel and learn more about the broadcast studio and donate today. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a variety channel, and we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. 
by providing a unique blend of information and advocacy. We are helping our American heroes and their families to heal, successfully transition into civilian life, and to thrive in their communities. This generation will not be forgotten. Today's military are our sons and daughters. Listen live to the American Heroes Network, the worldwide voice for our military families and veterans, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. All shows are archived on AmericanHeroesNetwork.com and syndicated on iTunes. For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter. As the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at sponsorinfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Al founder, president, and CEO for Networking Warriors of America. Al, how does one get involved as far as uh, getting the training on the instructions that, and the mentorships that need to be uh, you know, done here as far as uh, getting some type of benefit? Well, they can do, they can do it one of three different ways. Uh, they go to my website. Um, and they can leave a comment on my website. My website is www.networkingwarriors.org or www.networkingwarriorsofamerica. Um, and they can leave a comment there. Uh, on my website, I have my um, phone number, and that phone number is 972-467-2625. Um, they can also leave me a personal email at uh, a R T is in Tom E L E S E at networkingwarriors.org. Um, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. And all I do have to do is just sit there and, and uh, communicate with me and say they have an issue that pertains to a med board or attains to benefits or whatever it is. They don't need to go into <clears throat> um, a lengthy narrative, um, just something short, brief, and then I will get back in touch with them. And uh, we'll discuss their case um, either by phone, email, and then that, that's basically how we go from there. And then I also give them, I'll give them homework. All right. Well, again, it's, it's, it's not just you. Uh, knowing that you have a blog, I mean, they get a lot of responses from other uh, veterans that have been through there, you know. We do. It's uh, a lot of times I try to defer from that because some of these, some of the information is HIPAA is protected by HIPAA, right? And so you can't put a lot of things out um, on the internet or social media talking about a person's uh, case and things of that nature. But we, what we do is we have I'll assign emails to my website uh, so that we can communicate back back and forth on the website that way where it's not seen on the blog and so i do have people that are that are out there communicating back and forth all right because so. it sounds it sounds to me that uh, you do a lot of this uh, uh by yourself well i do because the regulations um are pretty are pretty difficult and uh, there's not a lot of people that want to get involved in this type of work uh, because it is very time-consuming, it is very emotional. Uh, I do have people scattered across the United States uh, that work with me that, that I've trained. I've got uh, specifically with the Air Force. The Air Force is the worst um, in dealing with their people because um, I have three guys that were uh, in a med board s- scenario with the Air Force. And the Air Force... Instead of giving a person, instead of doing it by the regulations, they will give the person a less than honorable discharge 
with all the benefits. And and I don't understand why they do that, but it's basically so they don't have to go through a med board. They will find an individual. Now, I hate to say in a war story, but they will find an individual unfit for duty because of their injury and because they can't do their um, their job, they'll kick them out. And that is wrong. Right. And I'm right now working, I'm not well liked down at Randolph Air Force Base down in San Antonio because of um, my dealings with a couple of wing commanders, um, by, and I'm not going to say their names, but they're, they're being investigated for wrongdoing and in violation of the regulations. So, but anyway. Do you do, you do all the traveling? I do some traveling. Uh, but most of what we do here can be done online by telephone, um, and I will, you know, if I I get somebody that calls in, look, for instance, um, if I get somebody that calls in regards to uh, the first choice program, we will work together on the computer, being on the same web page at the same time, and I'll be pointing them out. And let's say that they live in New Jersey. Well, once I find out what their situation is, I have people in New Jersey that will do the same thing, that will pick up the case with them after I've made the introductions, and they will pick up the case and just keep me informed on a weekly or, or monthly basis as, as their case progresses. So I, I don't do it alone. There's too many oh. people that I have to work with. Oh, definitely. definitely. And Bill, I, I, it sounded like you had a question. Well, you know, Al, uh, one of the things that impresses me about your organization is your, your, your identification, which is Networking Warriors of America. And to me, the operative word in that title is networking and being able, as you've just described, if people that you've got that you can be in contact with around the country, and I, I just, for, for, for brevity, I'll say it sounds like you have a very committed cadre of folks that you can go to uh, when you need help. And uh, the networking part is so important because I think this is one of the things that we try to force the here at the American Heroes Network that there's so many other organizations, grassroots in nature, that are doing similar uh, or related kinds of work out there that if, if, if these organizations can be in touch with each other, uh, how important that would be to them. And, uh, you know, uh, what also comes to my mind is that this work that you are establishing with the evidence and the information, that trail of evidence becomes so important as it moves from one area to the next. Now, uh, before the break, we were talking about appearance before a compensation and pension board. That is so important. It, 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 the appearance physically and from the standpoint of you know, when you ask, you know, a simple question, the doctor, you come in, and the and the doctor, whoever it is, the specialist says, well, how are you doing? How's everything going? And they say, oh, great, I'm doing fine. You can rest assured that even though you thought that that may, may have been nice, it can and will be used against you when they uh, uh, complete that report. So, you know, what I've always tried to do is to be able to find people in the business, service officers in particular, that I think that are well-schooled, up-to-date on what, what goes on. And, and, and we have to remind our clientele that there are no two cases, as much as they may sound, as though appear to be alike, they're not. There's a difference. And that service officer... I like to refer to those individuals as being a practitioner who's up-to-date on everything. Like yourself, you are a practitioner with all of the information that you have to be able to provide good information to those folks who are in need. Well, thank you. Right. And, and you're right. Um, there are good practitioners and there's bad practitioners. Um, but then again, you know, you mentioned it, or uh, we've mentioned it. Everything depends on us, the service member. We have to present our case um, as it is. And we can't lie about it because you'll get caught. 
because you tell a lie, you can't remember what you said. Um, and you can go to jail for it, too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then all the benefits that you were getting in the past years, those can all be taken away from you. And then all of a sudden you have to pay it back. Um, but the networking, I want to go back to the networking. Uh, when I chose this name, that was, that was a key thing for me because I'm wanting – I can't do what I do if I didn't have help and assistance from other service members across the country. Couldn't do it. Um, and networking warriors is just that. It's military wounded service members helping other military wounded service members get the benefits that we've earned and deserve. And when I work with the service member, I will learn new things, and I will incorporate that into my lessons learned and pass it on to everybody else. Um, and now I do a specific niche, and I don't, I'm not a one-stop shop for everybody, and everybody says, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, you need to do it. No, I need to do what I'm focused on, and that's it. Uh, I do med boards, and then I do some fun stuff. I do outdoor therapy events, fishing, hunting, ball games, and that kind of stuff like that. Um, but I focus on my core competencies. And that's what I had to learn when I was going through the med board myself. And then for other agencies uh, within the network, they provide financial help. They can fi- uh, provide counseling, you know, food, home. I, will, I work with companies and other organizations that don't require a lot of red tape. Um, there's, another, there's another organization that I don't know if you've talked with them, you probably have, um, Operation Once in a Lifetime um, here in the Dallas area. They do great work for our service members. I can call Patrick, who's the president of that organization, and tell him I have a veteran that is in need of something. And a perfect example uh, a few years ago, I had a young lady who was at the Warrior Transition Unit up at Fort Sill when it was still open. And this girl could not walk, um, but they had, they had her walking around or trying to walk around. And I asked them, said, how come she doesn't have a wheelchair? And they told me paperwork. And I, so I picked up the phone. I called Patrick, and I said, do you by chance have a wheelchair? He said, yeah. Well, she had that wheelchair that following week. And the only stipulation on that was is when you're finished with it, give it to another veteran that needs it. The only thing that, I, that was required from Operation once, uh, once in a Lifetime was name, unit, rank. That was it. Wow. Well, so those are the type it. of organizations that I network with. If they need something, they need it now, not six months from now. That's true. Now, Al, what I'm hearing is that no matter where they are in the country, in the U.S., um, you can help them, or the networking end of it can help, correct? That's correct. That's correct. All right. And how do you find the communities as far as the communities? Uh, how, do they, how are they grasping this? Such as your events. Oh, the when I when I uh, approach a community and with an event, it's not about networking warriors. It's about the community. And so, with my uh, marketing and new business skills, uh, that's how we present it. Um, Hickory Creek is a perfect example. The town of Hickory Creek. Several years ago, I approached them about wanting to do a fishing event, um, and it just happened that uh, they were looking and trying to figure out how to do something to show appreciation for our military. And so we have been, we're going into our fifth year on what we refer to as TOPS, Texas-Oklahoma Patriot Shootout. It's a big fishing event that we do um, here on Lake Dallas. Mm -hmm. And it's a community event. It's not networking lawyers. And that's the key. It's their event, and I just help facilitate and execute it with them. I, you know, I, I bring in the service members. I get, get the um, fishermen and, and things of that nature, but it's all their event. And they take ownership. They have pride. Um, 
and, and it's unbelievable how successful uh, that model is. And I do that in several other areas. I'll do it with fishing clubs, uh, other veteran organizations. It doesn't make any difference. They just basically, you know, tell me uh, this is what we want to do. This is how many veterans that we'd like to have in it. Right. Um, and they even tell me what type of veterans. If they want um, amputees, uh, then I can tailor it just for amputees. Although I don't like to do that, I will do it because it's the community that wants to do something for a specific group of people. Right. Now, Al, I don't know if you ever heard of an organization called Real American Heroes, and that's R-E-E-L. Now, they have throughout, I don't care what state, they will work with you if you want a get-together. They even bring you the, the, the equipment, the fishing poles that you can take home with you, um, and uh, they're in every part of the country. And it might be somebody that you can uh, get together with and, and work with. I've heard of them. I've not worked with them, um, but I have heard of Real American Heroes. I have heard of them. All right. All right. Well, guess what, gentlemen? It's that time. We only do have a couple minutes left, and Al, it was a pleasure having you on our show today. What would you like to share with our listeners in closing? I guess what uh, the most important thing is if you are... If you're a service member out there and you have a military service connected injury or going through a med board or incapacitated and still in the Reserve National Guard, contact me immediately. Don't wait um, two, four, five, six months. Um, Get in touch with me as soon as you can. It'll make the whole trip a lot easier. All right. Very good information. And Bill? Well, this was too much fun today, and we weren't blessed (laughs) with the time that we needed to be blessed with. But thank you very much for your service to this great country. Thank you for your continued service to what you're doing right now. It's outstanding. And remember, I I see what you're doing as veterans helping veterans, and that is where the most important uh, deal is in getting us to get over what we deal with. Very true. Right. And again, thank you, Al. All right. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And hope to be on your show at another time. Oh, definitely. Uh, And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill, and our guest, Al. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you next week. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.